0: special hello to those who are watching all over the United States through our social media, through Media Revival Television. We're streaming live right now on the Emerging Streams social sites now. And uh, I am excited to say that we now have a brand new website for the Emerging Streams. ESMhub.com or you can go to EmergingStreams.org. But it's a brand new website, and there's a whole lot of great things that we're doing. We've added some some amazing videos and and just teachings that we're doing here. Everything that we're doing here, live on camera, you can now see all over the world. So we're excited for you guys to be with us and on this journey for our online audience. You know, um, for those I want I want to welcome those that we haven't seen. I see a couple of people that we've never met, so we just want to say, you know. Welcome, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for hanging out. We were in Texas um, the past how long were we in Texas about about three weeks. I was there about three weeks uh, in San Antonio. I'm from San Antonio, and uh, um, I had to go back to Texas because my dad was uh he was diagnosed with stage four cancer, and uh, so we had to go and, and uh, it, it was a blessing for me to be able to get to be there. Um, before my dad went to be with the Lord. Um, you know, you no, you never know. There's never the right words to say when you go through something like that in your life. You know, and I, I've never, you know, personally been on that side where you you lose a parent. And I'm going to tell you what, it's, man, it hurts. It hurts so much. It's a pain that I can't explain. But, you know, in all that, I just know... That God is so good because the Lord allowed me to go and be with my father at the very last moment. You know, I was able to fly, fly to San Antonio and, and to be with him and to see him go peacefully with the Lord. And so us coming back, I'm going to tell you what, I have such a passion and a desire to see people impacted and touched by the gospel. And, you know, and I, I truly believe this. And I said this, you know, devil, that's going to cost you. Devil, that's going to cost you. So every chance I get, I'm going to kick that devil in the mouth. And uh, we're going to go for it. And we're going to see God move, whether it's in Striker, Ohio. Wherever the Lord sends us, we are going to contend for a move of God, for a glory revival. That's what burns inside of us, to see people impacted and touched and, and radically transformed. That's what this whole thing about Friday nights is. It's it's like revival culture, Ohio. Like, who's going to come on a Friday night? Those are the those are the burning ones. Those are the ones that say, "Lord, I want more. There's, there's more that I need. There's more that I want, God." Those are the burning ones. And I'm going to tell you what I believe that's you in this room. Those that are here tonight. Those that are watching right now live on Media Revival. There's something fresh that the Lord's releasing right now, and we've got a whole lot that we can share. We're about to get into a series throughout this next couple of weeks. I invite you, if you're here, to bring a friend. Start bringing people with you. I'm, I'm believing for like miracles, signs and wonders, deliverance. Man, every meeting that we've been, we, we just talked about this the other day, that almost every meeting we preach at, outside, when we go all over, the witches are manifesting. The demons begin to Manifest. And they're slithering around. Why? Because where there's light, there cannot be darkness. So I'm saying, let the witches come. It's time to start casting out these things. Man, get rid of that religious spirit in this area. And let's see the glory of God just fall. Boom. Ha, ha, ha. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. So tonight, we're going to have some fun. We really are. (laughs) We're going to have some fun. This is my amazing wife, Alice. Say hello
1: there. Hello, everyone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're going to have some fun tonight, and I really wanted to say thank you guys for coming out tonight and, and continuing to support what we're going to do and what God's going to do. Um, um, I
1: just want to say thank you for all your prayers for our family. Even those that are watching, we got so many messages from so many people just saying, we're praying for you, we're here for you, and it's it's such um, greatness that comes from the body of Christ when you're going through a hard situation, and so I want to say thank you for even the cards that came and uh, things that were sent to us during this hard time for us, and um, my husband has been so awesome, like I want to honor my husband tonight because this whole situation God has really used him to impact people um through the passing of his father and so I get really blessed just to come and and be at his side to come and do Jesus things for the Lord and so um God is just like super propelled us to come back to Ohio to get back in the plowing mode and to get started on this new thing God's trying to do and um I was in Texas, actually, so tonight we're going to do some tag teaming, me and my husband. And I love when we tag team because we don't know what's going to come of it. We're just like so obedient to the Lord and to the the presence of God and the Spirit of the Lord. And so I love to tag team with him because he'll get more stuff and then we'll just kind of bounce back and forth. And it's so awesome. And so um, I was in Texas, actually when the Lord woke me up with this message. And I didn't know if I was gonna share it there or here, but the Lord kept telling me, he's like, just wait, just wait. And I, I wanted to scream it from the rooftops when I first got it, but the Lord's like, just wait, I'm gonna tell you when. And so I know that right now, it is a, a timely message for the body of Christ, not just for here, for this region, but for the nations and for everybody around the world that even right now that they're watching. And so um, the Lord woke me up one morning, and I just heard these words. He says, a house divided cannot stand. And And I woke up, and I said, oh, my God. I was like, where did that even come from? Like a house divided cannot stand. And I began to look up all about a house divided cannot stand. And in June 1858, Abraham Lincoln had this same thought. He went into the scriptures and he started looking up in scripture how a house divided could not stand against itself. And because during the time in June, in that moment that he was getting this from the the scriptures, it was about some states being in slavery and some states being free of slavery at the time. And so I began to pray about that and I said, God, okay, well, how does this even look like for the body of Christ and the spirit of God? How is this even functioning? And he says, he says, well, he says, Abraham Lincoln was one of my pioneers. He came in and he was doing something new. He came in against, you know, people being against the very thing he was trying to transition and change. He was a pioneer to bring something new, something fresh. And not everybody was in agreement for that new thing that he was doing. You know, he went through some things. He went through some trials. There was some resistance in what he was doing. And so he goes and he gets this scripture and he's like, a house divided cannot stand against itself anymore. And he's like, eventually people are going to have to choose eventually there's going to be decisions that are going to have to be made and I believe that as a body of Christ right now that's where we're at and it's from Mark three twenty-five where it says if a house divided against itself that house cannot stand so I started to read about it and I know the enemy right now is so after family Jesus was about family He was about bringing people together from all different cultures, from all different ways, and creating a family. And Jesus is about a family setting. And so the enemy right now, this is how it works. And I want you to kind of like sit back and look at this. He starts bringing the disruption and the division in the family first. And it starts in the family first, what he's trying to do right now, where the house, your house, where you're from, your immediate home where you live at, there's going to there's been some kind of rough things coming against those areas of even families coming in unity to be in agreement on things. And then you branch it out because God has so much more than just your own home to worry about or to pray about or to believe for. So then if you're too busy trying to make things flow trying to make things connect in your own home it's a distraction from what god really really has you doing for this season so we have to we have to begin to use wisdom we have to begin to ask the spirit of god okay god what are you trying to do and so then it says it says still trying to make sure of us to believe we are not slaves anymore we are sons and daughters you know that every time we agree with the enemy, we become a slave? Every single time the enemy tells us something that does not line up with what God speaks, we become a slave. And we don't even realize it until afterwards when we, when we begin to think about things and we're like, Oh my God, Like I was just made a slave to that very thing, to that very thing that I'm hearing, to that very thing that I'm taking into, that I'm agreeing with, because it's waiting for the agreement. And it says we have to shift our mindsets, positioning ourselves as a son and daughter and not a slave anymore. So this is how it works. It starts with us transitions into our home setting and then it goes even further because it, it branches out to wh- wherever you're a part of whatever congregation you're a part of whatever ministry you have and it branches out so it's important that you do this and you begin to ask god says you may be sitting there and i you know we start talking all this lingo and we're like we start talking kingdom that's what we call it <laughs> the kingdom talk And we're like, yeah, I know I'm a son. I know I'm a daughter. And we get very prideful sometimes in that. And it's like, if you still are agreeing with the enemy on things and allowing him to have certain opinions about one another that do not line up with the kingdom, that you're still functioning as a slave. So if your thoughts of your brother or your sister or people around you in your city, or people around you in your state, and you're agreeing with those thoughts that are not of the kingdom, the way of thinking of the kingdom of God, then you're still becoming a slave of the enemy. You become a slave to him to come to agreement with the very thing that he's saying. So then it says, if you're still a victim and think everybody's against you, then you're still a slave. See, these are all things that you have to begin to think about how the enemy works. God is releasing strategy right now. He's releasing you ways to identify when you're agreeing with the enemy and becoming a slave and you've lost the, the thought and the focus of being a son and a daughter. Being a son and a daughter is empowerment. It empowers you. The other thing that I've been seeing a lot of is the accuser of the brethren. And you're like, what is the accuser of the brethren? It's when you speak not things that are not lined up with the kingdom of God. It's when you speak things that are not lined up with the kingdom of God about your brother or about your sister. And it says, coming against each other in the house of God. It's like we've totally been slaves and come under submission and agreement with the enemy at that very moment. And we have to identify those things so we won't be slaves anymore. So we can be empowered and and take our position as a son and a daughter in the kingdom of God. We do these things without even realizing it sometimes. It's so easy how we get caught up in those webs of the enemy and begin to agree with these things. I wanted to read to you about, you know, um, an example of when Jesus went through this very thing. You know, the accuser of the brethren. And I want you to see how it ties into some of the things we're even dealing with now in our region and in the nations and in other places. It says in Mark 3, it says, another time Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he, would heal, if, if, he, if he would heal him on the Sabbath day. So see, people already standing there waiting to accuse Jesus. They were, be, they were moving in the, the accuser of the brethren already when they were there for the wrong reasons. And then it says, Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil? To save a life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts and said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. So let me tell you, after this happened, then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the heroines how they might kill Jesus. Do you see how that very... The very thing of the accuser of the brethren led to more havoc. It led to more craziness in the kingdom, and these were the Pharisees. These were the people that knew the old, the old, the law. They knew the law. They knew the word of God. They knew all these things, but yet they couldn't even see that this was Jesus, the Almighty Jesus, the Son of God, right there in front of them. They were totally blindsided by that. And totally failed to see that part so then it says so then if you go on and it's like Jesus is still is still there and it says Jesus accused if you go on to read on 20 it says Jesus accused by his family and by the teachers of the law it says then Jesus entered a house again and the crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said he is out of his mind. Some people out there that see what God is doing this very minute are thinking this way. They're like, you're out of your mind. Like, what are you doing? Like, what do you mean? God doesn't heal right now. The prophecy isn't alive right now. What are you talking about? The prophetic has died. It died in the scriptures. No, it didn't. And it says, and the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said, he is possessed by Bezebel, by the prince of the demons, he's driving out demons. So this is where Jesus talks about, at this moment, he talks about a house divided. So Jesus called them over to him and began to speak to him in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand. His end has come. And in fact, no one can enter in a strong man's house without first tying him up. Then he can plunder the strong man's house. Truly, I tell you, people can be forgiven of all their sins and every slander. And so he just goes on from that point talking about Talking about how, how there was a, a division coming. There was a house that was trying to be divided at this moment, and he was saying, It cannot stand. If the house is divided, it cannot stand. It starts with our homes, and then it goes into our congregations in our ministries. And I've, I've heard and I've seen lately so much on Facebook lately, so much on media lately, of believers with accusations against one another, and believers coming against the very things, other things that other people are doing for the Lord. And the Lord just quickened my spirit, and he's like, you know, he's like, it's not supposed to look like this. It's supposed to be about my kingdom. It's supposed to be me coming in the midst of a chaotic situation, and me showing up to be the rescuer, to rescue people, and to bring them healing and restoration, and give them whatever it is that they need in those moments. So then it says, then he looked at those seated in a circle around him, this is on 34, and said, here is my mother and my brothers, whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and my mother. So if we're all doing God's will, if we're all hearing from the same spirit of the Lord, then we sh- there should be there should be unity there, there should be great things coming forth. and so I really believe like even right now at this moment, God is telling us, look, we've got to begin to get a backbone inside of us. we've got to become um, don't allow our thoughts or our opinions of each other come into accuse one another of things that we're not even sure of because it's a plan of the enemy. He talks about this in Ephesians 6.10. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We become more powerful when we're in agreement with another. We become more powerful when we come together unified and together as a body of Christ and God begins to do this amazing thing. We have to keep loving everyone and leave our opinions out, leave our own thoughts out, and only be led by the Spirit of the Lord. And, and, and I know it can easily, you know, our own opinions, our own thoughts easily come in when, when we see something different or when we see something new coming in our area or we see something different and new on media. And we just have to be, be totally with the Spirit of God from now on. Look what it says in John 14, 26. It says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, when the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. This is why it's important that we're led by the Spirit of the Lord, by Holy Spirit, and not our flesh, not our own opinions, not our own thoughts. The way we speak about somebody, the way we look at somebody, And it says in Romans 8 26, it says, likewise, the spirit helps us in our own weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And I'm like, that's awesome. Holy Spirit is interceding for us with groaning that are deeper than words, deeper than words. There's not even words that can describe the groaning of the intercession that Holy Spirit has over us. It's, it's just awesome. It's super amazing. And it says, to be empowered, Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You'll be my witness. And you can keep on reading that verse. But it's like the empowerment comes with the Holy Spirit. And you, that's why it's important. We have a thing in our belly called discernment. When we speak something out of our mouths or we come to agreement with the enemy and we become these slaves for the enemy because we're agreeing with him more than we should be agreeing with heaven and what the Spirit of God is saying, you have to learn to discern those things. Let me tell you, if what we're thinking, if what we're saying, if what we're putting on media, if what we're putting out there as a sign that we're supposed to be coming and being this body of Christ of love, we're supposed to be His hands, His feet, the extensions of who God was, is supposed to be in our lives. This is what it's supposed to look like in Galatians 5:22 and23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness self-control against such things, there is no law. When we're functioning out of Galatians 5, 23, the law becomes broken. The old law becomes broken at that moment because Jesus came and shed his blood for us. And when we move out of those things, then the power of God comes in us through us and we become empowered by Holy Spirit. And it's not us doing it, but it's Holy Spirit through us that shows up and empowers us to do greater things for his kingdom. And so right now across the world, this is what's happening. It's like the body is coming against itself and we have to stop doing that. We have to begin to call on the Spirit of the Lord, begin to discern what God is speaking this very moment, open our ears to hear what God is saying. Open our eyes to see what God is trying to show us, so that way we don't we don't um, get off the path. We don't get off of what God really has for us, what He really wants to do. My husband the other day shared something so amazing, and so I want to just call him up right now because I want him to share this piece. It was so so good, and and it was so full of of what is happening this very moment in the body of Christ. And so I really felt that tonight it was important for him to share that other piece. I, God just does that with us. He gives me a piece and then gives him another piece, and it all just comes together. And so it's really awesome. So I'm going to pass it over to him. But, um, but he shared this when we were in Indiana, and I'm not too sure who got to see it or not, but I want him to share it tonight because it's going to tie into a lot of things that the Lord's been putting in our hearts.
0: You know, what she's saying about the, it's about the unity and, the, and the, the, that a body, a house divided cannot stand. I'm going to tell you what, have you, as a father, have you ever been in your household when everything is just out of, out of order? You know, I mean, I know I have two teenage boys, well, they're not even teenage boys, I mean, one of them is, but, you know, I got two young men. But I remember when they were growing up. If they were arguing, and me and my wife weren't getting along, and my house was chaotic, and I mean, it was just—it was such an uncomfortable, comfortable time in my house when things were out of order. You see, and that's—that's—that's a big part of what the enemy is doing right now with this whole thing about a house divided cannot stand. He is trying to come and cause division in the body of Christ. And what it does, it comes in different languages. And what's happening is is you get churches down the street that won't want to hang out with you because they're afraid they're going to lose their people. Ah. You get churches somewhere else along the block, and I'm not speaking in here, but I I could be, but I'm just saying in general, that's the way it is. We get to this religious standpoint that we try to take ownership of something, and the reality is it all belongs to God. It's all about the kingdom. It's not about man building up his own agenda or man building up his own kingdom, but it's about the kingdom of God being manifested here on earth. Matthew Matthew ten eight says, no Matthew six thirty three says, on earth as it is in heaven. You see, so this thing about one sound, this one by the Lord had really been speaking to me about. There was a new sound that was being released right now in this season. And it was a sound of victory. It was a roaring sound that God was releasing right now. And he began, and, and, and on September the 27th, he gave me a word. And this is the word that he, he shared with me. He said, the pioneers of the past are entering into the resting season while the new emerging breed is coming forth. And this emerging breed is beginning to take new ground on the land that had been paved before them. There is a new sound, it's a new roar. There is a new roar that is being released. So, you know, I went to Google, and I said, you know, because I, I think of roar, I think of lions. I'm sure a lot of animals roar, but I think of lions when I hear roar. And I said, Lord, what is a lion, what, what is it for? Why does it roar? And, and, and when I looked it up, I said that, that they roar for many different reasons. Some of them do like the little meowing, and some of them, they do that little purr. But when the lion roars, it's a roar that comes from the depth of the belly, and it's a sound that is released. And it says that this roar is to tell the enemy that this land belongs to them, and they have no authority to even try to walk up on this pride. That's why the lion releases that roar. How many of you know that we have a roar that's deep inside of us right now? There is a roar. There is a new sound that God is releasing right now in this time. He said that this roar, it's going to bring honor to the fathers before them and that we will be known as a generation of love and humility. Not only will we be known as a generation of love and humility, but we would be known by the power and the authority. So the Lord then began to speak to me, and I'm not going to give him the whole thing, but I want to take you to the part where Alice is talking about, Judges 7. So if you, if you have your Bibles, if you're watching online, we're going to be out of Judges 7, verses 16 through 22. In the book of Judges, what this, what this talks about, it's an interesting story. It talks about a spiritual battle that is taking place. <clears throat> This is about the story of Gideon. How many of you guys have heard the story of Gideon? An amazing story. I can read it and I can hear it, I can see it, and I still think somebody needs to make an awesome movie out of it. Can you imagine? That would be an awesome, epic movie. So I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Gideon's about to go to war. 135,000 people are against Gideon. 135,000 people. Gideon says, man, I, I, I need to do, and I'm just kind of paraphrasing, so I'm not, I'm not reading. I'm just kind of giving you a story. So if you want to read the whole story, go to Judges 7. Gideon says, hey, you know, I, I need to get, I need to, I need men. I'm about to go to battle. It's 135,000 people. So the Lord says, go and and, and wave a banner and, and make a noise. So he does. He goes out there and he does a request. And then 32,000 people respond. He had 32,000 people, soldiers respond. So he goes and God tells him, Gideon, you have too many people. So... He gives him an opportunity. He says, well, I want, basically, I want the ones who are going to fight. If you're going to be chicken, you know, here's your opportunity. He says that two-thirds of the army left. It left Gideon with 10,000 men. So now it's 10,000 men versus 135,000. Then God tells Gideon, Gideon, you still have too many people. Can you imagine that? I mean, you're going against 135,000 people. You've got 10,000 people, and God says you still got too many people. So then they go again. They release the rest. Gideon was left with 300, 300 men. This was the ratio. If you're about to go to battle, listen. You know, I play. I, I used to play Call of Duty and these war games. But when you're gonna to go to battle, the ratio for this was 415 men to every one of the 300. That means that each men that Gideon had, had to handle 415, 415 men just to even out the odds. So then God says this. You see, when you're gonna go into battle, when you're about to go into a time of battle, the Lord will always give you strategy. That's what Alice was talking about, the strategy of heaven. And allowing ourselves to be positioned where God wants you to be positioned during a time of war. So then Gideon goes and he begins to line up the men and position them around the enemy's camp. They're about to go into this battle. He positions them around the camp. And he tells, and, and now check this out. This is really important. When they go into this battle, there were no weapons available to Gideon at this time. There were no swords available. All the swords had been confiscated from the previous. So when they're going to go into a war against the Midianites, it says that each man was handed a ram's horn, they were handed a pitcher, and they were handed a torch. That was their weapon. So they're about to go to battle against 135,000 people, 415 to one odds, and they don't have any any weapons. They have a horn, they have a pitcher, and they have a torch. That's it. I'm like, man, I need a gun. I need something. So they go, okay, so once you're positioned on the top of the mountains, on the top of the cliffs, Gideon says, what I want you to do is I'm going to blow the horn, the ram's horn, and the pitcher that they had, the pitcher was a symbolic of a vessel. And what they did is they had a torch, and they put the torch inside the pitcher. So this was to to block the light, because it was a fire. It was to block the light as they were up there. And they said, as soon as I blow the horn, I want you to shout, for Gideon, no, for the sword of Gideon and the Lord. And then I want you to break the, the vessel and then the torch would come out. So I want to I give you a picture. You're about to go to war. You have no, you see, you're at the camp, you see the multitudes. And all of a sudden you hear, boom, boom. For Gideon and the Lord, and boom, they break the pitcher. and this is what the Bible says, this is what the Word says, in verse 16, I'm sorry, this is going to be in verse, uh, <coughs> verse 20, it says, then the three companies blew the trumpets, and they broke the pitchers, and they held the torches. And the left hands and the trumpets in the right hands for blowing. They cried for the sword of the Lord and for Gideon. And every man stood up in the camp and the whole camp. So now what it says it, instantaneously, this is what happened. The horns blew. They broke the vessel. And it says that all 300 torches were lit instantaneously. And it says that when the torches were lit that the enemy's camp went delirious because they were awakened by the bright light of the torches that they began to grab their weapons and they began to slay each other. And they killed each other. So there is the army of the, and they're going and they're killing each other. They don't even have to battle. And it says that the rest ran off. Now we share this and I know my wife's going to come in and share some more on this. But we share this story because of this, that you and I are those vessels. That is a prophetic picture even for now, right now, that we are, the, we are the vessels that inside of us there is a fire. There is a torch that burns inside. And that's what makes us the burning ones. That when the Lord says, who's willing to cry for the burning ones? Who's willing to break the vessel and let your fire, let your torch shine? You see, that was the weapon. It was the light. It was the torch that they were carrying in their their hand.
1: Yeah, when he started releasing this in Indiana the other day, I was sitting there and the Lord began to speak to me. And the Lord was just telling me, he's like, it was the unity that took place at that very moment that they were all unified. And at one moment, they all did it together. It was the burning, it was a fire, it was a light inside the vessel that came and totally disarrayed the enemy. And now we've become the vessels, we've become the light. And so now it's time for us to get with Holy Spirit to begin to break open our vessels of light in unity together, not slaying one another with our words, not slaying one another with our opinions and things we think how it's supposed to be done, but begin to become one with the Spirit of God, that we become unified with the Spirit of God, with one voice, with one light of the Father being that vessel of the light of Holy Spirit inside of us, that we begin to disarray the plans of the enemy and no longer were at, at at each other but now everything gets turned around like a 360 against what the enemy's plans are against what the enemy wants to do but it was that moment of unity where and he, he tells them i read it today and he's like watch and follow my lead and i believe at this moment holy spirit is saying watch and follow my lead This moment, God is saying, and the Spirit of God is saying, watch and follow my lead. Don't do what you think is best. Don't do what your own opinion is, what your own flesh wants to do, but watch and follow my lead and watch what I do in the camp of the enemy, of what the plans of the enemy were for your family, for for the ministry you're a part of, for the state that you're a part of, for the region where you're located at, for the nation where you're at this very moment this weekend people are gathered to pray for our nation it's the unity that they're bringing forth to bring breakthrough for our, even our nation and so if we can if we're not distracted by even our home and the enemy coming and robbing and stealing from our home that we can extend our tents and we can be go beyond that to look at where, we're, where God has us positioned as in the ministry and where God is, has us positioned in the region and for the state. Because let me tell you, Ohio will become a blaze. There will be in a blaze of Ohio where everybody becomes that vessel, and everybody becomes with the spirit of the Lord, and the fruits of the spirit begin to arise out of people that the love of the Father pours on them in such a way, and no longer are we are we ran by our emotions of being fearful, of being uh, uh, moved by our hurt, moved by past situations, but now we're a bride that is empowered to come with Holy Spirit to be that willing vessel to stand to let Jesus come fill us and even the things that we don't understand that are going on this very moment with the body of Christ it's like God It doesn't matter if I don't understand or not. I'm going to stand right here with you in the not understanding because that's exactly where you're at. And I'm not going to try to figure it out or have my own opinion about it. But I'm going to agree with all of heaven. And I'm going to just stand firm in what you've already spoken, what you've already done, God. And we can't be moved anymore or shaken just by any little thing anymore. We can't allow fear to come shake us and move us out of our position. We can't allow past hurts to come and rise up against inside of us again. Let God heal you in those moments. Let God come and heal your heart. Bring restoration to your heart. Bring restoration in your family and all these things because that's what God has always been about. He's always been about family. He's always been about being the restorer, the person who comes in and heals and does all these amazing things if we allow him to. But in the unity, it's going to come a great breakthrough, a great, great breakthrough. And so, God, we just, I I just want to open it up. God, I just pray right now, God, for those that are watching, for those that are listening, for those that are going to log on later, God, that if this is their position at home, if this is their position in their ministry, God, take us out of our minds, God, Take us out of our minds and our mindsets, our perspective of things, God. What we've grown to know, God. Begin to show us your new ways, God. Begin to connect us again with your Holy Spirit. That what we, what we speak and what we say, God, comes from your heavens, comes from your spirit, God. Because all you did, Jesus, when you walked on the earth is what your Father said to do. You always spoke what your father told you to do. You always did what your father told you to do. And so God, we just we just ask for that tonight, God, that we would just speak only what you tell us to speak. We would do what you tell us to do, God. And that's it. Roma hasha thanravoshthi.